0: You're listening to Teen Monologues, a youth-led theater project that went digital. In this episode, our monologues will focus on pressure. As a teen, pressure can come from all sides—parents, friends, partners, classmates, social media. There is no cure for pressure, no magic way to make it disappear. Instead, you have to find ways to resist it. At first, we have Caden, who wrote a monologue about confronting the pressure of PROVING YOUR LOVE IN A RELATIONSHIP WHILE BEING ASEXUAL.
1: It's my junior year in high school, and I can't walk to my class without walking past one... no... two... (laughs) hmm... make it three couples eating each other's faces. All three in the same little hideaway, too. It sticks out to me that every couple I see on campus has to prove they're together. This makes me wonder how many of those couples who are making out actually want to, or how many of them are just doing it because it's what their partner wants. But just like every other day, I keep walking with my headphones in, trying to block out the screams of freshmen running by me. Every time I start a new relationship with someone, I always get asked the same few questions. Have you made out yet? When are you gonna smash? Has sent you anything sexy? It's questions like these that make me question what a relationship is to most people. I don't like touching people or being touched. It doesn't hurt or make my skin melt. No, it's it's simply the feeling of discomfort. In recent relationships, my partners haven't understood this boundary to keep up. They often think it's it's something they did or that maybe I lied to them about ever wanting to be with them. But it's none of that. It's simply that physical interaction and intimacy makes my stomach turn and causes my anxiety to kick in. In a relationship, you should grow closer to your partner. For some, this means growing closer physically. but. Not for me. I want to grow closer emotionally. I want to enjoy things with another person without, without having to get intimate or physical. And that's just how I like my relationships. And I'm proud of that.
0: Tell us about yourself.
1: Uh, I'm Kaden. Uh, I use he, him. I'm in 12th grade and I'm a PC enthusiast.
0: A PC enthusiast.
1: Uh, it's like a gamer. Oh, okay. All
0: right, got it. All right, so some people assume that asexuality automatically involves coldness or distance towards other people, that asexual people are robotic or unfeeling. How would you respond to those kinds of assumptions?
1: Cold? Oh, I mean, I just put a blanket on. I'm cold all the time. Um, but. It's kind of it's kind of different for everyone. Asexuality is a blanket term, um, so there's there's multiple different routes that someone could be in the asexual tree. Um, but personally, for me, I I just don't like physical interaction at all unless I'm super trusting. So it takes me a lot to uh to get there.
0: What are some ways you like to express intimacy?
1: Oh, I mean, if you've ever sat down and had a good conversation with someone about something that you're both very passionate about, I mean, oh my gosh. I could go on for hours about some kind of game or some movie or TV show, and that that's, uh, that's all the intimacy I need, honestly.
0: I feel that sometimes, too. I think there was a time where I was on the phone with someone for about 12 hours,
1: oh and it was wow. like
0: the best thing ever.
1: Right? It's just... It's amazing. It's like that feeling of just, wow, we really just sent, spent 12 hours talking to each other, and I feel like we we could just keep going another 12 exactly. hours. Exactly.
0: Yeah, it's exactly that. Do pressures around dating or sexual activity change depending on someone's gender or sexuality, in your opinion? Like, are different things expected of boys as opposed to girls, straight people and queer people, etc.?
1: Oh my god, yeah. I mean, you watch TV shows and... I mean, just look on social media and stuff. And it's kind of this thing based around guys, you know, oh, yeah, go have as much sex as possible. Go be go be feisty. Go get all the girls. Um, and it's kind of like even rewarded by parents in a lot of instances. Like, yes, boys, have sex. But as soon as it's the girl, it's like, no, lock that out. Um, girls shouldn't have sex. Girls should stay pure. Um, and I mean, even if a girl... I've seen it in my own case. I've seen girls get bashed on for being intimate with a partner, even without, like, not their partner. And I don't feel like that's fair in any way.
0: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. How has dating gone for you as an asexual person? Are there difficulties with finding other people who are understanding?
1: Yeah. I mean, being... In relationships, I mean, it's a, it's a task on its own. Um, there's, for people that are non-asexual, it is definitely difficult finding the right person and stuff, but being asexual, it is definitely a, it's a difficult task because like before you're expected to do all, like have to do all these things. And in relationships, it, you're expected to kiss and, you know, hold each other and cuddle and you know once you get to the point have sex and stuff like that but for me whenever i introduce this boundary they kind of look at it as just being friends and it i don't know it's very difficult to explain to those people that no like i really like you and i want to have you close but not like too close Yeah. Um, it's uh, it's definitely an interesting thing, and like I said in my monologue, I've had relationships where people, whenever I introduce this boundary, they they think that it's something wrong with them, that they that they're ugly or that I just don't even like them, and it, it's kind of a demoralizing feeling because I feel like I did something wrong and that I'm pushing this onto them, even though I try to preach that it's not them. That in mm-hmm. reality, it's just how I feel.
0: Right. I think a lot of people want to be able to say, this is my sexuality and I'm proud like you did. And our listeners might be able to learn from your answer. Could you share what helped you find that pride?
1: So the big thing that really helped me find pride in, you know, calling myself asexual was the ability for people to have that term uh, and look into it. So having people like being able to tell someone that you're asexual and for them to use that and do research on it especially like your friends and family to really get to know what that is and how to appropriately manage themselves uh whether that be not come in for a hug or you know if not put your hand on my shoulder just not be very physical it's it's things like that that just really made it easy to uh be myself and, and call myself asexual. But the thing that really just made a huge difference was just finding people to talk to that are accepting. And it's, it was just an amazing feeling having someone not only be accepting, but learn.
0: Yeah. Having that support is just super, I'm grateful for the support I have in my life too. I get to be the person that I want to be. And I'm sure for you, that was probably one of the best things that could have happened to you at the time in your junior year when you were going through that. Right. And thank you so much, Caden.
1: Yeah, of course. Uh, Thank you for having me.
0: Our second piece today comes from Stevie, who wrote a monologue about being pressured towards using drugs.
2: this one friend who I trusted with just about anything, so when they asked me to come along, I went with them voluntarily. We had joked so many times about this, about the stupid things we would do on them. Then the day came when my friend brought them to school, and I knew what they were, but at the same time I didn't. My curiosity had got the best of me, and I was willing to try it. Pills. Those darn pills that come in oval and round shapes, the ones in blue, red, green, just so many colors. They make you trip your balls out and make you feel like there's so much more than what we see. Yes, those pillows. They reached into a ziplock baggie and held their hand out. The pelts stood there on their palm as they waited for a response from me. I froze. What was I supposed to say? No thanks? Sure, why not? It was one of those decisions where there was no going back. I was either in it all the way or not. I didn't want this to ruin our friendship. I didn't want my friend to think I was scared or being a pussy. What if they thought I was? But I just couldn't get the words out. And I just stood there looking down at the pills and back at my friend. My hand began to reach out, but it was like a magnet being pulled back by another force. Not even a second later, the pills went into their mouth and they gulped them down right there in the school restroom. I lost count of how many they took but it seemed like a good amount and they didn't stop. They went in for more. I wanted to intervene, but I didn't. Why didn't I? I ran out instead. What kind of friend does that? I worried and felt guilty about banning them. And I thought to myself, that could have been me, taking and not reaching a limit. They came out of the restroom a couple of minutes later and I saw their face with a huge smile on it. Maybe it wasn't so bad after all. She enjoyed herself, and the pill seemed to be doing her a favor. Should I have tried? Maybe. Maybe not. I knew she was going through some stuff, so maybe trying and experimenting with pills would allow my friend to find some peace. I hadn't even considered trying for that reason. I ate my way through my problems. Literally. Until I found a healthier method. Music. I will just drown myself in some rock and indie music. I still do whenever I feel anxious, just not like myself. It's been about three years since this occurred, and I still remember it vividly. I was in the seventh grade, and had never had any experiences with drugs or anything. It was something I only saw in movies, and it was usually portrayed with violence and other stereotypes. This experience has affected the way I view drugs, and has given me a phobia of any sort of pills, even the harmless ones that are prescribed by doctors. It sounds stupid, but it's true. My experience is just one of hundreds or thousands of stories of peer pressure that need to be heard. I was blind to the fact that everyday teens like me, like us, are pressured into the world of drugs, or dragged into it thinking it'll solve our problems. There are many people that abuse substances that end up in fatal accidents. i would seen what it did to my friend, and I knew things were going to change between us. Now, here I am sharing my story about pressure for the first time with you all. Can you introduce
0: yourself for us? Um,
2: Hi, my name is Stevie. I'm a junior in high school. Um, I use they, them pronouns, and I'm, I'm, I'm sort of a shy kid.
0: Your story has a peer pressure element to it, but it wasn't like you were saying all the cool kids are doing it. It sounded more like your thoughts were, I trust this friend, maybe it's not so bad. Do you think there's a gap between what teens are told to think about peer pressure from a young age and how it actually happens?
2: Mm, yeah, there's definitely a gap between what we think about peer pressure when we're young, because um, there's like different programs at school that help us like how to spot peer pressure and ways to stay away or ways to say no to to the people who are peer pressuring. And but it's totally different. In my case, it was someone that I knew and I would just trust with my whole life. But in like those videos that they show us, the educational ones it's usually like some tough kid trying to like, intimidate intimidate the other and the kids like no sometimes and then that's how it ends but I mean that's not how it goes I didn't know how to say no to this friend because they weren't like coming at me or anything it was, it was different.
0: It was a friend instead of a complete stranger which makes it harder.
2: Yeah it's definitely Different when you're actually experiencing, experiencing it than seeing just some video that its purpose is to teach us about it.
0: Can you tell us about your reaction? You had to run out of the bathroom. What was your inner voice saying then?
2: Um. Well, before I ran out, I was just staring at my friend for like a really long time, but I don't really know if it was a long time or it was just how it felt inside my mind. But I was asking so many questions to myself, like, where did you get these? Why? And like, why me? But I guess it was because, yeah. because we would joke around with it, and I knew we shouldn't be doing these things. But like, <laughs> I didn't know why she had them, and like at school, why would you bring them to school? And I just thought I can't do this, and I like really tried leaving, but it was, it was hard, and then I did leave.
0: Yeah. You made the right decision. In the monologue, you say that music helped you cope in a healthy way. Have you found other healthy ways to cope with stress and anxiety since you wrote the monologue? Yeah, I've started, like,
2: I guess looking back at my past and, like, assignments that I really like and have put them all in a, like, journal and started drawing and just... Putting my my thoughts into it, and I've also well with this quarantine. Also, I've started getting back into skating, but it's not well. I don't skate, but I'm learning.
0: Yeah, (laughs) yeah. Um, I took I just took up roller skating too. Definitely think that it's great that you found a way to jot all your thoughts down and just talk about what you liked. Who are a couple of your favorite artists to listen to when you're stressed out, and what do you like about them?
2: Um, I love to listen to the Arctic Monkeys, David Bowie, Surf Curves, The Cure, and just like a bunch of other 80s bands.
0: All of those are yes, in my opinion, so, um, absolutely love them. Is there a certain thing about the 80s that helps you cope with stress?
2: Yeah, I I just, it like... I love their the music of the 80s and like I feel like back then they wrote more about situations through their music and now it's it's really different yeah it's, it was more humble back then
0: more humble definitely yeah <laughs> yeah and
2: like they would just all these situations they would just intertwine it with their talent and then make like such masterpieces I just I love it And I, like, Mm -hmm. I could listen to them in times of stress and anxiety and, like, even times when I'm not, and I would just shut down. It just, listening to them just shuts down the rest of the world around me for, like, those three or four minutes that those songs last. I love them.
0: There's been a rise in teens abusing prescription drugs in the last few years, but there's also been a sharp increase in the number of teens reporting depression, anxiety, and suicidal thoughts. Do you have any idea what, about why teens feel more depressed and anxious these days? I mean, you know, besides the global pandemic?
2: Um, I think teens are reporting depression and anxiety now more because it's more open to talk about it than back then. It was like, I don't know, it was more not a topic to be talked about a lot. And I guess it's still a bit difficult today, but... Now we have more resources and people that can help us with what we're feeling.
0: Yeah, I definitely agree with that. I think back in the 50s or whenever it was deemed more conservative, physical health was put on way more of a pedestal than mental health and mental health wasn't really even considered all that much unless you were like deemed crazy or clinically insane, but you don't have you mental health is for everyone. It's not like it, it's just for the people that have extremely bad mental health. And yeah. I definitely agree with you when you say that we're reporting it more because we have those resources and we're more open about it. Well, thank you so much, Stevie. We are now going to move into our group question segment. We'll start with Stevie with the first question. What inspired you to join Teen Monologues?
2: Um, I was inspired to join Teen Monologues. Uh, Because of the fact that it was a project where us, the teens, would be able to write the script for the show, for the entire show, and we would be able to talk about issues that we faced and perform them as monologues. That's what I really admire about the show, too. Caden,
0: what inspired you to join TM?
1: Well, I had seen uh, a performance by teen monologue my junior year, and I thought it was just, thought it was really cool. That it was something that was so open and friendly and it didn't seem like there was anything but good just vibes coming from it mm-hmm. and whenever i was asked to join uh if it was some- or not asked to join but asked if it was something that i'd be interested in i just immediately knew that this was something that i wanted to try out
0: so they came to the they came to your high school to perform a show, a show right
1: yeah so Uh, It was my junior year and I was, I had the opportunity to go and see it uh, in one of my classes and it was something that I really thought was just amazing and so it, it looked so freeing for everyone that they were able to tell their stories and tell who they were and just play out these awesome scenarios that would help and looked like they had helped so many of my fellow classmates with things that they may not have been able to talk to or really understand on their own as of that time.
0: That's what I really admire about Teen Monologues as well, just the ability to inspire others and create a atmosphere of positivity, but also just education and support in general. We're going to start off again with Stevie. Where do you feel you can find
2: support when you're being pressured? Um, I can find support from like a couple teachers that I can confide in and trust, just trust with anything. And sometimes I can just go to friends and they'll really help me out and do the whole situation. Kaden, what about you?
1: I definitely feel that I can find support from not only my friends, whether they're online friends or people that I know in real life, but also people that I've met through a teen monologue and the many resources that they've provided.
0: That's amazing that you're using the resources that you were given from teen monologues. That's so cool that you're doing that. All right, Stevie, how do you feel that pressure has impacted you?
2: Um, I feel that it's impacted me by um, like giving me different methods of overcoming it. Like, from the times I've experienced pressure, sometimes it was different, so I found different ways of controlling it, and so, like, I learned from it, I guess.
0: Yeah, growth can come from pressure, absolutely. Definitely for me, I put a lot of pressure on myself, and ultimately, I tend to succeed from it, but also grow from it knowing that I probably shouldn't be putting that much pressure on myself. So absolutely, you can grow from that. Caden, same question.
1: So a majority of pressure in life has been extremely helpful um, into growing me who I am as a person and giving me experiences that I've never had before. Or if I had had them, it helps me with dealing with them in a more suitable way, Um, but pressure has definitely made me into the person I am today, and and that's a good thing. And those pressures from life definitely are uh, something that I feel like I take advantage of and don't really realize. They definitely have done a lot for making me who I am.
0: When you're being pressured, intuition is really important, listening to your gut. What would be your advice to help people listen to what their gut is telling them?
2: Yeah, listen to your gut. Uh <laughs> good advice. It's good advice no matter what. Um, listen to your gut. I know sometimes that I know sometimes humans like overthink the consequences of our actions before they happen. But we can learn like so many valuable lessons from good and bad situations by just listening to our gut. It's not always a bad thing. Caden, how about you?
1: I definitely believe that our gut is something from survival instinct, and it's our body's way of telling us, and our brain's way of telling us, that something isn't right, or something might happen, or you should do something, because something is extremely right, and you should act on it, and I feel like you should you should listen to your gut because it can definitely save you um, in situations but it can also bring new experiences even if things don't seem right um, or if you're not sure about something your gut is most likely going to be right if you don't have any other resource to turn to.
0: What's been your favorite part of the project? either during the theater production or the podcast.
2: Stevie? Uh, My favorite part of this project has been being able to meet a bunch of really cool people and the stories they brought to the show. And I guess I learned more about myself as well through this whole experience. So I really like that about
0: Tina Yeah, I'm glad that you had that takeaway, that you ended up learning more about yourself through this pro- through this process that's awesome Caden what's been your favorite part of the project
1: oh just being able to meet people that were like by and date and accepting and just overall wanted to see you grow as a person was probably one of my favorite things um, about team monologue it was just learning about other people and feeling like I was one of everyone, and not that I was, like, I never felt like I didn't belong.
0: Stevie, what do you think is the funniest thing that's happened during a rehearsal or a performance?
2: Oh, um, I don't know, there's been a bunch of moments. I don't know. <laughs> but I did. I did like, well, it was, like, more of fun. It was fun to, like, Mm-hmm. Get used to the theater and just exploring it with everyone else. Yeah, absolutely. Caden, what about you?
1: I definitely enjoyed a lot of the inside jokes that we all had created. Mm-hmm. Um, whether Kayden. that be the uh, <laughs> the finger touching together right. and the the shy or mm-hmm. um, just every time I came, it was there was something new that was gonna happen.
0: Right. That kind of reminds me of. Do you guys remember when we played that? I believe it was an. I don't remember if it was called Airplane or not, but it was like we blindfolded um, a person, like we had to guide them through an obstacle course that we made out of oh just like gosh. random props or chairs and stuff. Were you mm-hmm. the one that we just like made it a straight line and you just had yeah. to walk through? It? Yeah,
1: it was. Y'all literally took everything out of them. I was like, yeah, I wanted something that was hard. So funny. I was like, oh, I could do something difficult. I'm pretty good yeah. at listening to instructions. And then yeah. y'all made me look like a, a fool because y'all <laughs> just took all the obstacles out of the way.
0: Yeah, absolutely. That was one of the funniest things that I think I, <laughs> that was... <laughs> I just remember that just being like, we definitely had that goofball type of um, energy towards each other and were willing to have fun and um, just... Be, have each other's company around just to mess with each other. If you always give in to pressure, then you're letting other people write your story for you. To figure out who you really are, you have to think about what experiences will help you grow. Then you can set your boundaries and speak your mind, feeling confident about your choices no matter what others may think. Remember, you're doing what is right for you. Thank you, Stevie and Caden, for showing us how to stay true to ourselves with your stories. That's it for today. Next week, we'll be bringing you a special bonus episode recorded in Spanish from our bilingual cast members. Thanks for listening. And remember, our stories are what unite us. This is the end of our season's English language content. So for our English-speaking listeners, we hope you enjoyed teen monologues. The people who helped produce and record our show include John Hollander, Sophia Longas, Emma Fay, and Daniel Mitchell. Our cover art was created by Sophie Smith. For more info on teen monologues and other projects, visit our website at teen.capslo.org or check out our Instagram at C-A-P-S-L-O, teen Programs. This project was made possible by a grant from the Office of Population Affairs, The contents are solely the responsibility of the authors and do not necessarily represent the official views of HHS.